Today, I regret to inform that UFC star or former UFC star Tony Ferguson flipped his truck and crashed into two cars and has been arrested on a DUI. Also going to talk about Shaq, as in Shaquille O'Neal, and how he finally got served legal papers after dodging them for like three months. We're going to look inside a homeless encampment in Phoenix, Arizona, as they begin to clear that shit out. And then another person in radio or media says, nigga, also known as the N-word. And we'll delve into that and more on the Chico Demandwell Show. Let's get it. Welcome to the Chico Demanwell Show. It's your host, as always, Chico Demanwell. Uh, I would like to start by saying you're doing me a great disservice by making me sit here and record this podcast. So as an act of retaliation, you guys are going to listen to me spark this blunt, and you just got to wait for that. So, How's it feel? Anywho, um, let's get right to it. Uh, for the bottom line... I saw a headline about courtesy of uh who's this Fox News, Ryan Gatos. Um I say former UFC star because like Tony Ferguson used to be great, but he's not anymore. It's kinda like a Tyron Woodley situation, but minus the fucking DUI. But he got involved in a rollover cl- crash in Los Angeles. And um he was arrested, nobody was injured. The article reads, Tony Ferguson, a former interim UFC lightweight champion, was arrested on a DUI charge early Sunday morning in Los Angeles following a rollover crash, police said. Police said Ferguson allegedly struck two unoccupied cars in a crash around 1.45 a.m. in the Hollywood section of Los Angeles, according to Fox 11. Police said no one was injured as a result of the crash. Thank God. The 39-year-old is reportedly the 39-year-old is reportedly facing a DUI and possibly other charges after he allegedly refused to take a field sobriety test. A police spokeswoman told MMA Junkie there were two other people in the truck when it overturned, but they were pulled out without major injuries. Ferguson's management team has not commented on the incident. Ferguson joined the UFC in 2011 after fighting in several other promotions, including Pure Combat, National Fight Alliance, and Total Fighting Alliance. At the height of his career in the UFC, he won 12 straight bouts from 2013 to 2019. 
He won the interim UFC lightweight championship in 2017 via submission against Kevin Lee. His two-round win over Anthony Pettis at UFC 229 in 2018 was named Fight of the Year. He would lose the interim championship to Justin Gaethje in 2020. Um, Ferguson is currently on a five-fight losing streak. He lost to Nate Diaz via submission at UFC 279 in 2022. So, uh, yeah. Bottom line is, hang it up, Tony. Like, you know, like I said, he won like 12 straight bouts. Like, he had his run. Like, I I think he's starting to, like, get at himself now. And that's one of the saddest things about fighters who you've watched for a long time, fighters who you've known did damage for a long time. Like, you know, you got to take some damage to give some damage sometime. And, like, that CTE type shit, that concussive, like, constant blows to the head. Like, you know, Muhammad Ali was a good example. Like, I'd rather see – I feel like it should be some type of clause – for people who have been fighting so long, like if they if they're not like after you've been fighting so long, you gotta maintain a certain win percentage to be able to continue fighting, or at least at that at at a you know like kind of like Anderson Silva, like Anderson Silva should have retired a little sooner than he did. Like I don't like seeing my favorite fighters who was dominant for a period of time become get the yips or just just become irrelevant or just go on a. a a downhill slope like Tony Ferguson has, like five fights. Like you lost to, no disrespect, none at all, but like you lost to Nate Diaz. And like, <laughs> I don't think anybody expected you to lose to Nate Diaz. And like I said, no disrespect to Nate Diaz at all, but I don't think anybody was like, you know, you got knocked out by Michael Chandler in, 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 in embarrassing fashion. You never fought Habib. Like, you know, you was, you was interim champ at one point, but... I just think it, it and now you're getting a DUI and shit. Now, now you're trying to, like, also no disrespect going on the John Jones route, just simply in terms of just legal troubles, substance abuse, like, you know. And I'm not talking about the picogram. I'm just talking about, you know, street drugs, recreational and shit, you know. Like, it's just, it's, it's a sad thing to see, especially, like, fighters you really used to fucking, like, glorify and, like, you know, used to be the reason you would t- tune in to a fucking pay-per-view event or even a fight night. Like, this shit is sad to see. I'm I'm deeply upset to see this happen to Tony, and I wish the best for Tony. Like, I wish Tony would get some help, get back on his feet, and, like, not go down a slippery slope with this. Like, you know, if you got to talk to a professional or whatever, like, do what you got to do. But, like, you know... I think in terms of, of fighting, I don't know how many fights he got left on his contract, if he's got fights left on his contract, but I would think it would be a wise decision to to, to deeply and heavily consider hanging it up. Like, five fight skid, man, you're not even going to be a draw. Like, who who's who's even available to, like, fight you? Like, what what's a matchup that makes sense business-wise? Like, I can't readily think of one. <laughs> like... I, I, like, no, especially at his weight. Like, like no, I can't. It's hard to find somebody else also on a five-fight losing skid that would make a, a, a key matchup. Like, you know, like, I, I, have no, I have no clue. I would have to literally look at the UFC rankings down in, like, the lower, the lower echelon, like, fucking 13th, 14th, 15th, like, something... I don't know, man. I really, I really don't want to see Tony fight again. I really want to see Tony focus on himself, get get his shit together, because it's it's a sad thing to see 
highly revered, highly respected, and once feared athletes, especially in a realm as young as MMA, like meltdown in real time. Like witnessing that is a very viscerally upsetting and painful image to even speculate upon or to have to go through personally. So, like I said, I wish the best for Tony, man. I'm, I'm, I'm glad nobody was hurt in the accident. But it's for reasons like this why I strongly feel it just needs to be a rule to protect this shit. Tony needs to hang it up, and it needs to be a rule to protect aging fighters that's on losing streaks. Like, it needs to be something there. Because shit like this, is, I, if, if nothing happens, I could easily foresee this situation just happening in perpetuity. Because, like, it's not, it seems, you know, I understand they're a part of the business. They know what they signed up for. But yet and still, like, some dignity, a little bit of humanity, like, you know, that's, that's, that does, I, I would think that that comprises business even in a in a in a minute regard, like that shit's still there, you know. So I think I think it's time for Tony to let it go, and it needs to be a rule put in place for Asian fighters or people with certain injuries, you know, like that. It has to be a cutoff point, you know. I think that would even potentially bring more more value, you know, because like you would do, you would keep more Asian fighters that's winning, like Glover Teixeira. You would get guys like that. Which ain't ain't super common, but not super uncommon. But like, you will keep more draws that way, and it's like, yeah, you're not making the money off of them, but you're not sending them to their grave either, you know. So <laughs> that's how I feel about that situation, man. Hang it up, Tony. That being said, let's progress with the show. I got some more shit for you, some more current events, you know, and current events. So let's let's bounce. base topic uh i'll spare you the uh, uh the intentional punishment joke that i would normally deliver at this time and i'll just delve right into this because it kind of makes me sad um but i can understand it so third base topic courtesy of cinema blend shaquille o'neal served lawsuit after attorneys claim nba vet spent past three months quote hiding from them and there's a caption beneath it that says Shaquille O'Neal is widely known for... Whoa, 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 Hey, hey, chill out. As I said before, I was rudely interrupted by myself. Shaquille O'Neal is widely known for his comedic antics and laughable on-screen shenanigans with Charles Barkley and their fellow TNT analysts. However, the Diesel has been dealing with a much more serious matter as of late, and it's related to a legal issue. He's reportedly one of several celebrities that's been named in a class action lawsuit for allegedly being involved in the promotion of a, quote, fraudulent scheme. Attorneys previously claimed that they've been trying to reach O'Neill in an attempt to serve him papers, but that he's been, quote, hiding from them for months. Now, after three months of attempts, the lawyers were able to catch up with the NBA vet. The legal situation is connected to the debacle surrounding FTX, a now defunct cryptocurrency firm and founder Sam Bankman-Fried, who reportedly recruited a number of A-listers to promote Board Ape Yacht Club NFTs from Yuga Labs. It's alleged in the suit that the stars were given hidden payoffs while doing so. 
per legal documents, Yuga's business ventures saw it, quote, using insidious marketing and promotional activities from A-list celebrities that are highly compensated. It's also been claimed that the company tried to convince, quote, potential retail investors that the price of these digital assets would appreciate. Kevin Hart, Gwyneth Paltrow, Stephen Curry were also among those named in the filing, which was initially reported on back in December 2022. All right, so they have a little video, and I'm going I'm to post a link to this in the description so you can see what I'm seeing. Because I'm just still, like, I'm, I'm playing around with this shit, but it only makes sense, like, to play it with the way I, you know, I can't, like, it ain't no built-in shit for that, so, you know. I'm going to just post a link, you know, you can check it out yourself. You know, I might as well make you do the work. I ain't fucking doing more work, but it says Shaq is in legal trouble. Got some cool music playing. Shaquille O'Neal is now known for his comedic antics and Apple on screen. Oh, is this saying the same thing this just said? Okay, he wanted several celebrities by the name of the class action lawsuit before allegedly being involved in a promotion of a fraudulent scheme. Okay, yeah, no, so it's the same thing, so I'm not just going to play that guy's fucking me. Well, I mean, <laughs> I like Shaq. Shaq's funny. He's got personality, charismatic, and all that. However, like, you know, seems like I've heard, like, even, like, Soldier Boy or some shit was caught up, like, in fucking crypto schemes and all this shit. I don't know in detail how related he might be to this particular ring of people who've been caught up in this shit. Nevertheless, like, I I, th- I think it's funny, like, not in a, like, it's not serious way, but <laughs> how he kind of just tried to, like, sidestep the bullshit, like, that's kind of an admission in itself, like, he kind of like, man, hey, I know I fucked up, I know I, fu- I fucked up, but I'm gonna just, uh, let me, let me just, let me, uh, let me, st- let me sidestep you real quick, let me just, uh, like, <laughs> just kind of scoop past that shit. I remember seeing previous headlines that he was, like, in, uh, dodging uh, fucking papers being served or whatever. But it's like, dude, your ass on TV fucking five nights a week or however many nights a week comment, commentating basketball. Like, how do you, like, and you're, like, seven feet tall. Like, how do you expect to not be, how can, like, why was hiding the response? Like, he's been hiding, like, motherfucker, you, you so ubiquitous and unique. Like, there's no way, like... I, I saw this, sh- this short about Shaq using Tinder, and he said he was gonna meet up with a chick, and he was swearing that it was him, and nobody would believe him. Like he was putting pictures of himself, but nobody would believe it was actually him. And he would try to meet up with people, and they would just always flake out and leave him hanging because nobody would believe it's actually him. So it's like that's just kind of that's kind of testimony to like how how known you are like you you can't you can't go anywhere without being recognized like you're somebody known all you could go to literally Timbuktu you could go to Beirut they would fucking know who you are you could be in the Ukraine right now they would like probably not bomb you out of like fucking respect like they would bomb around you and shit take pictures with you give you a military escort out of the country and shit like they motherfuckers know who you are man like the I just think it's hilarious that it's, it's you know not in a in a excusing manner like you know shit if you did the, if you if you did the shit just own up to it like you got hundreds of millions of dollars like what the fuck like yeah, it's unfortunate but like what the fuck like you pay that shit and write that shit off and do some of that tax code shit that you wealthy motherfuckers do man like 
I know y'all got the sauce. Like, y'all motherfuckers ain't rich on accident, and y'all figured this shit out. Like, you know, pay that shit, go ahead, pay that shit, get a little settlement, you know, like, a little class accident, you, you, you know, shit, a couple of others get caught, and you a fucking, you know, you, you just give the gab, nigga. Shit, you Shaquille O'Neal. Yo ass be on all them fucking general commercials and them icy hots and shit. Nigga, you made me buy an icy hot patch and wasn't even nothing sore, nigga. I was just putting them shits on randomly, 111 degrees outside, walking around with no shirt off, icy hole, icy hot patch. Talking about warm to dull the pain away. Like, bitch, I can't feel my face. <laughs> like, the fuck, man? Come on, Shaq. You can't, you, you, you can't be dodging anybody, all right? If we play hide and seek, like, you kind of got to do the, the seeking. Like, the fuck you going to do? Like, be scrunched up in a purse or something? Or, like, you going to stand behind a door? The nerdiest thing a high school teacher ever told me, his name was Mr. Jabulani. This motherfucker told me the average height of a door in the United States is six feet, seven inches. Measure it if you think it's wrong. And even still, that would be four to five inches shorter than Shaquille O'Neal. So you can't even hide behind the average door, you big giant person damn Shaq you got caught up in the bullshit man you human like don't 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 make these motherfuckers have to like seek you like that's the only way the game is fair like you get to seek cause if you hide like motherfuckers gonna look for you every time like you, you crouch behind a fucking bush or something oh my god I just remembered I left my damn fucking blade I shouldn't have brought that bitch it's still there though I bet I bet it's still there I bet it is. That was a random thought. One supposed to get that, but I ain't cutting it. Fuck it. Shaq, get your ass up and pay them damn fines, man. Pay them fines and stop hiding from the motherfucking uh, paper serving people, man. Fuck. I, I, I like Shaq. I don't want to. I'm, I'm glad he ain't caught up in no fucking Ponzi scheme or some shit like, or no fucking, like, High profile ass shit. Like it's just like a nigga trying to dodge some dodge some papers, but like you know, he just couldn't do that shit forever, man. He knew that. We knew that. So yeah. That's enough about that. Let's bounce. So uh, I'm going to do something wicked here, something I don't think I've done before. But in, in the process of me finding my second base, like I found another one, which I actually found kind of interesting and I was blissfully unaware of. But now that I am aware of it, I would like to jam it in somehow, like because I can do that. So I'm basically this is going to steal second, you know, which is still, you know, relevant in a contemporary sense. But, you know, anywho, like. I just seen this piece. So apparently they Ed Sheeran, the singer, went to court for copyright infringement over Marvin Gaye's Let's Get It On. And I'm not gonna say that they didn't have have an angle, like, because I didn't think about it even until I heard it. Like once I heard the two songs side by side and what they was talking about, it's like I hear I hear it, but I'll play this and you know talk more about it I'll, I'll tell you how i feel in response but like listen to how they listen to this how this is set up i just want to play the soundbite for everybody i want to play the music so they can hear it and then we're going to go to Ariva martin our legal commentator so take a listen at, at home Darling, I- 
Okay, so not gonna listen to all of that. But yeah, effectively, they found that Ed Sheeran was not guilty and he did not infringe on the copyright of Let's Get It On. I think that's the right decision because it's a really, really ambit. Like to me, just with my musical ear, if that's the original, if that's the original finished product, like if that's the original run. That, that's that's officially attached to that song name that this copyright infringement is related to I would say it's actually a key hire it's like a or an octave higher like it's 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 the same notes but like just like slightly above like boo 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 and thinking out loud is like boo 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 like it's very subtle but it's like, there. How, how can you even sue over a chord progression anyway? Like, especially when it changes up within the song. I know thinking out loud by Ed Sheeran, like boom, 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 boom. Like it, it, it switches up. The song doesn't even mention getting it on at all. Like it's a bit of a reach, and it's not a reach I'm mad at, but I think the right decision was reached. Uh, you know, considering the reach, like to say that this is copyright infringement, it's, it's not completely just erroneous. But at the same time, I think anybody trying to press this issue will have a really, really hard time trying to uh, trying to push this argument. Just like the lady who was getting ready to talk, and I cut off. Basically, what she said was uh, Ed Sheeran's legal team presented evidence that that core progression. Core progression was used in song prior to Marvin Gaye using it. So if that's the case, like, it's not a proprietary thing just because you put a copyright on it. Like, if if if, if they did it before you and you popularized it, then, like, it's not really yours. You're just the one that brought it to fame. It's yours in a sense, but yours in a sense ain't yours, you know? So that's a really good point. It's really hard to argue that. I think the court ruled the right decision. Um, nothing against either. You know, I'm happy for Ed Sheeran. I'm, I'm more happy that the right decision was reached more so than I am happy for Ed Sheeran, you know, because I have a narrative that I think could supply that, but I haven't heard it brought up. I haven't heard it referenced at all, and I'm not going to be the one to introduce it to the topic, you know, because I don't... It, it clearly doesn't matter and it didn't matter in this piece so i don't need to i don't i don't want to be that one to step into that realm so i'm not going to do that but yeah that's that's regarding that situation i'll put a link to this video in the fucking what's the name or <laughs> i'll figure out how to do it 
I'll make it work for you guys. Do you want to get into a shelter, sweetheart? The second part of this, you know, that I was going to do before I stumbled across that is uh, courtesy of CNN. What was my other one courtesy of? I, I, let me look real quick. Oh, yeah, that was that was also CNN. Okay. Damn, this thing. Eager, you can't move without just starting into some shit. Jesus Christ. Anywho. Yeah, it says Phoenix starting to clear out homeless encampment this week. And they got some strip area where it's like 900 people like living on the street. It's got a little caption here. It says in the latest chapter of America's increasingly polarized approach to homelessness, Phoenix must permanently clear the area that's become known as the zone after a judge ruled in favors of neighbors who, su- who sued the city. So they got a little a little uh, sound bite, a little video clip on this. I'll play that. At sunrise, Nettie Reed's outreach team enters this massive homeless encampment in downtown Phoenix, what some call the zone, one of the largest camps in the U.S. The goal is to get them off, off the streets. As of April, roughly 900 people lived in this sprawl. I just couldn't pay the bills, so I ended up homeless. This is where you can stand. Ray and Denny says she landed here after her husband died. What kind of stuff are you doing? Uh, substance abuse, of course, because I just try to keep myself, you know, high so I don't have to deal with the pain. And the but you have to deal with the pain. I got two words for you. Let's go. Let's go. Soon these people have to leave. We have to move fast. We have to gas up. We have to come up with a plan. A judge has ordered the city to permanently clear this camp, calling it an illegal public nuisance after a lawsuit brought by residents and business owners. This is our restaurant and right across the street are the homeless encampments. Like Debbie and Joe Falacci, who have run this nearby sandwich shop for more than 30 years. It's just a complete lawlessness uh, and it's getting worse. The lawsuit is one more piece of an increasingly polarized approach to homelessness across the U.S. as more states pass controversial laws to ban public camping. Spell your last name. Some think similar public nuisance lawsuits will soon be used to try to force other cities to clear encampments. But then what? I'm scared. Really scared. Fear, anxiety, worry. Stephanie Powell doesn't know where she'll right. go. When... That's enough. So yeah. You know, they said it's a public nuisance. And um, I've been homeless. I know what it's like. And uh, I do think that something should be done to help. But at the end of the day, to some degree, homelessness is a result of actions taken. Like, People want to examine this word and call them houseless or unhoused or or it's, it's some type of euphemistic, evasive, descriptive term that's like just, you know, just steps over the obvious. Like, like what are they supposed to do? <clears throat> it's been legally decreed that you got to go. And like, per- personally, I feel like when you're being homeless, like you don't have that luxury of like stationary. It's like. You want you want to have all the amenities of a home, but you want to do it like on on land that's been claimed or like in areas where that shit is not wanted. Like nobody wants to pay rent to have to walk outside and see like a bunch of people like out here living this free life and taking advantage of resources and abusing taxpayer dollars and all this shit. Like getting around like that's kind of like a slap in the face. 
Just like they said, business owners are complaining because it hurts business. Like, they're talking about building some area in the city to where they would house them all. But it's like, if, if it was really that simple of a, a solution, like, why has that not been done before? Like, just as simple as build a facility? Like, why... If, if it's that simple, like, there's already facilities built that can handle this or that could be repurposed. They said they were converting vacant uh, vacant hotels and shit and turning them into, like, temporary shelters and whatnot. They said the, the population is homeless in, in Phoenix is about, is double the shelter capacity that they have in Phoenix. So it's like, when push comes to shove, the people that are spending their money rightfully so are gonna win in this instance like when you homeless like you, you don't get that luxury of of convenience of just being able to leave and knowing somebody won't steal your shit or having like electricity and utilities and shit like that's all a product of having somewhere to go having a home and one's ability to do that does kind of affect what class you fall in maybe that doesn't fully represent the type of person you are but that's not what's being that's not what's included in the term homeless i think that houseless and unhoused shit is stupid and it's part of the problem regardless of the integrity of the, of the title like like just to, to feel like that a word that has been doing what it's supposed to do since its inception is like now it's suddenly a bad thing because it might make somebody feel bad like fuck Fuck whatever, man. Like why? Like it's why is everything reduced to this hedonistic agenda to where like everything is supposed to be a pleasurable experience? Like the only way to have a pleasurable experience is to have the existence and possibility of unpleasurable experiences. Like if you don't believe in yin and yang, it's not like you like that's your fault. Everything has a balance in life, and as long as everything is balanced, everything is good. And it can sound like some type of old Asian Zen philosophy bullshit to you or whatever, but like it's actually true. It's actually fucking true. You know? When people fail to think or like even venture into shit that far, or they get misled. Like it's fucking crazy. But they gotta do something to them. And like a lot of them are drug addicts, a lot of them are just boosters, and it is lawlessness. Like, this shit is being allowed. This shit is, you know, you're basically spending your taxpayer dollars to, for your city council and sometimes law enforcement officials to either willingly or reluctantly tell you that it's like it's nothing that they, that is, they, they can only respond to certain shit. Like, they're going to let this happen. This is going to happen. And if, if they move them off that block, that only means you, they're just going to move them somewhere else. Like all that building up the hotel, the vacant lots and shit sounds good, but if it's like if 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 that was the solution to it all along, why has nobody rushed to do it? Like it's that shit is not it's not unknown technology, it's not like a foreign concept. Like why is nobody in 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 any kind of hot rush to do that shit? Fuck doesn't make sense. So, you know, I, it's, it's an unfortunate situation, but, like, the reality is, shit, every situation ain't going to be fortunate. Changing the name, calling them unhoused, homeless, unhoused, or, or, 
or dehoused or whatever the fuck. Like, just like George Carlin said years ago, like these people think changing the name of the condition changes the condition. Well, guess what, buddy? <laughs> My mouth's dry. Doesn't happen. Doesn't fucking happen. Changing the name of the condition does not change the condition. He got a whole bit on this talking about how shell shock became battle fatigue, became operational exhaustion, became post-traumatic stress disorder. These keep changing the language. It's an effect of time and it gets worse with each coming generation. And shit like that is like why like we feel like the problem is not calling them homeless as opposed to like dealing with them somehow. Just like they don't want to deal with their problems, nobody else wants to anyway. So this is a constant cycle of ev- of evading what the of the, the the chief issue here. Now you got to do the fucking work. There's no way around it. Give a fuck if you hit the lottery, nigga. You still got to do the fucking work. And you know, a public nuisance. Like I can fucking imagine, like a whole street with nine hundred homeless people just like trapping out of that shit like you know there's drug activity you know it's crime you know it's unsafe for people and their children in that neighborhood like you know somebody's gonna say something you know something's gonna have to be done like the fuck this is not rocket science (laughs) it's not so uh you know all these bleeding hearts that's gonna say that somebody's doing something wrong or somebody's mistreating these people when they are forcibly removed from this impromptu tent city. Let them come stay at your house then. Let them come live with you and uh, be a part of the problem. I mean, be a part of the solution and not a part of the problem. That's my response to that. All right, so that was a two for right there. Let's bounce on over to the main event, the first base topic. Welcome to the first base topic. Today, I'm being serious about this shit. If you made it this far, prepare to be offended, most of you. Um, I listened to it ahead of time, and me personally, and I'll explain why, like, I find this hilarious, and I laughed at it, but I don't, I hope to not be recorded laughing at it, but if I am, so be it. Like I said, I'll explain why. But, um... This one is uh, the the first base topic is something that I think I got a unique take on. It echoes some of the things I've heard Matt Walsh say about it. And Matt Walsh is a white guy. So, like, even if, you know, you know there's backlash for saying that. So I feel like whether he wants to or whether he don't want to, like, if he said it, the shit would not bother me. And I'll also explain why, but... This this is courtesy of the rap. It's this guy named Glenn Cooper. Glenn Qu- Cooper. Glenn Cooper. I'm assuming his name is K U I P E R. Oakland Athletics announcer says N word, which for all of you that don't know is nigger on air. So <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna try to get through this clip. <laughs> well, I'm laughing more than I already am, but like. He did try to sneak it in smooth as hell. I ain't even going to lie. So you got warning. This is some strong racial language coming on from an ethnically incongruent male. So check this out. 
day today. Nigger League Museum and Arthur Bryant's Barbecue. <laughs> a phenomenal day today. Nigger League Museum and Arthur Bryant's Barbecue. All right. Oh, no, 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 no. Two times is enough. Two times is enough. So, uh, I don't know how deliberate that shit was. Whoever this guy alongside him, like, he's a, he's clearly an Irish looking dude. He's got long, uh, brown, thick beard, little mustache. He's got the Irish cap on. He looked like his name is O apostrophe something. And he's got this guy alongside him, Glenn Cooper. He said, We had a phenomenal day today. Nigger League baseball? Like, nigger league. Like, come on, bro. And just to try to be on this guy's side, I actually went to Google and I typed in Nigger League Museum. And it says, it looks like the results below are changing quickly. It says, did you mean Negro League Museum? But what comes up when I search that is another, The Root has uh, also covered this. Twitter, May 6th. Blah, blah, blah. Twitter has been on Twitter. And it was one two days ago. Glenn Cooper not fired for it and saying nigger. Uh, Oakland A's announcer Glenn Cooper says racial slur known as nigger. 16 hours ago, Yahoo. The Detroit Public Library. Negro leagues and African-American baseball players. So I don't see anywhere where, you know, like it seems like Negro League Museum is the more colloquial, colloquially acceptable term to use when describing this historically accurate period of time. You know, I know what he's trying to reference when he says Negro League Museum. However, like regardless of your personal comfort level or how your your attitude is toward it in the court of public opinion, as an old white dude, you're probably the top candidate to say some shit like that. But however, like, your sensibilities in that regard juxtaposed with societies is not, it's not a, it's not a match there. Like, you cannot just say that and expect nobody to feel some type of way with the position that you hold. Nigga, you're on NBC Sports. See, I can say, nigga. And it's not a fucking problem. Like, nobody's going to cancel me for saying nigga. I've been saying nigga my whole life. Going to continue to say it until I'm, until I'm tired of saying it. And I'm going to get away with it every time because I'm black. And do I appreciate and reap the benefit of that shit? I do and I don't because it's not like I'd say nigga to be against that trend. Like, it's probably, it's, it's, it's tons of better words we could say, but it's like I've been saying this shit my whole life and it's like, it's not really a habit I'm extremely motivated to break. Like, I don't say it nearly as much as I used to when I was younger. But that's that's a part of my growing up. Like, I've been saying niggas since I was seven, eight years old. So that's a long stretch of time you're asking me to just undo because, like, it hurts your feelings, you know? And I could even maybe be sensitive to that soft-ass shit, but if you'd be willing to be sensitive to my lack of eagerness to get to do that for you, you know? If you could look at it that way. But personally, I feel like I don't feel like it's, you should, nobody should get fired for saying a word. A word, you know, if there's context behind it, you know, I understand there's a lot of people out here that still think they're victims 
of a, either an oppressive patriarchy or a white supremacist patriarchy or, you know, we're, we're under some type of fucking rule by the one percenters and all this shit, you know. People love to regurgitate that bullshit. But it's like if a motherfucker says a word and you don't like the word he said and he's not willing to apologize for it, like if you're going to do something about it, do something about it. Stop supporting that person. Stop buying their shit, you know. But to just simply, simply like take swift action, like and not be cognizant or even open to the context surrounding it, you know. I mean, shit. I think that's that's a bit strict. That's a bit harsh. Like you think it's some type of fucking vocabulary patrol that like walks around and and. And eavesdrops on conversations to make sure white people ain't saying nigga or black people ain't is only saying nigga in this context to keep it fair and all this. Man, motherfucker, just as sure as my parents and black people I know call white people honkies and crackers and all kind of shit. You know, every race got their own own their own cracks. People call Mexicans beaners and wetbacks and shit, Polacks and fucking uh, uh, sand lobsters or. So, uh, moon crickets, all this type of derogatory shit. Every race has got some fucking like list of slurs for another race because being racist is a thing. Like being racist exists, and like that's a part of racism is to discriminate on someone negatively or unfavorably based on the color of their skin. That's racism, like to a T. So like that's just gonna be a product of it. But like just for saying the word nigger, like I think you know. You're not going to bury this word. Like, it's not going to be some type of movement that just ends the use of this word. Like, you know, it's out there. We use it. I feel like if we, it's not, it's, I hate to just quote free speech, but it's like, it's, I think I heard Jordan Peterson making this point. Like, it's not illegal to say that word. Like, you would just have a lot of people angry with you. Like, how long would you actively be angry at somebody if they said, if they said nigger one time? Like, if they just said it one time, like, would you want to lose your career? Not only just for saying it, but for being heard saying it. Like, you can get in your car and just say nigger, nigger, nigger. Dave Chappelle made a whole skit about white people whose last name was nigger. N-I-G-G-A-R, it's the nigger family. That shit was on TV in the mid-2000s. And you telling me that shit was okay? But saying that shit now cost a motherfucker their career. Dave Chappelle been saying nigger on TV for as long as I can remember. Nobody's had a problem. And it's because he's black, yeah. But it shows that, like, if people want to be hurt by that word, they kind of choose to. You know, if they're not going to get mad when Dave Chappelle say it, like if certain people get this kind of pass that like, you know, other ones don't get. Like I'm pretty sure even if Eminem's, you think Eminem ain't never said the word nigga at some point around somebody? I don't know whether he has, but I've been listening to Eminem since Marshall Mathers LP. I've never heard him even. He said he almost did it on that one song, Criminal. He said, I drink more liquor to fuck you up quicker than you want to fuck me up for saying the word. And he cut it out. And he said, Cause you think I'm some wigger who just tries to be black because I talk with an accent. 
grab on my balls or they always keep asking the same fucking questions. Like, <laughs> it shouldn't be that much controversy over saying a word. Like, you know, some white guy said the N-word. Like, when you think about that from a historical context, what is new or fresh or interesting or, like, unique about that? Like, if anybody was to be saying nigger, it would be all white guys. Like, all white guys is kind of the people who put that word into motion. And now it's just a, a cultural sin to utter that word if you're not African-American or if you ain't brown skin. Like, anybody can say nigger. Shit, not too long ago, this white guy just said to me, he said, man, how come you don't come visit a nigger no more? And I'll admit, it was weird. It was off-putting. But what am I supposed to do? Go be a social justice warrior and punch him in the fucking mouth and then holler Black Lives Matter? Because this motherfucker just said the word nigga, if that's the decision he want to make, you know? It's probably smart for him to say that shit around me because I'm not going to jeopardize any valuable quality in my life to defend the honor and integrity of that fucking word that anybody can utter that I have no control over. Like, shit, making drugs illegal don't even stop people from, from doing drugs or acquiring them or pushing them. So, like, what the fuck is, is trying to police words going to do? The fuck? Shit don't make no sense, man. Anybody can say the word nigga. Should you go around saying it? I would say most likely not. You know? Just because you can say anything you want to say, you give people an opportunity to react to what you said. And that's a... That's an that's a, that's a interaction that you don't have any direct control over. You don't have direct control over people's reactions, even though you have the freedom to speak what's on your mind in, in a, whatever manner you please. So if the words you say fuck somebody up or they do some damage, you know, that's the price. Your, your, your words are more expensive than other words. Like saying, like, oh, I grew a flower yesterday. Those cheap words. But to say, like, like uh, your whole race is an abomination and your mama's a bitch. Like, okay, expensive words. You know, your words carry weight. They absolutely do. And freedom of speech is not free. There is nothing in this existence that is free. Your existence ain't guaranteed. Anything within that existence ain't guaranteed. The only thing you guarantee for free is suffering. And I don't understand why people are suffering unduly but righteously over this man's utterance of this racial slur formerly known as nigger. Like, just let him say it. If he say it too much, shit, they'll boot him off the air. But, like, he's going to say it. It's like, if he, if you knew he said it in private, but he never said it on the air, would that make you feel better about it? If you just knew that he said it, but he just never said it around y'all, whatever you interpret y'all to mean, like, we ain't got time to be this sensitive, man. Like, it's real shit going on. But, like, motherfuckers depreciating and altering and changing the language, change, that changes the culture. And that's a serious problem that need to be addressed. It's an internal issue. It's not something that, if you just ignore, will get better on its own. It's not a minor scratch. This shit is a fucking gashing wound, threatening limbs. So, you know... That's my take on this nigger shit. I'm going to let this one go. You've reached the end of the show. I couldn't thank you, Mo. I appreciate it. 
As I said, I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to never stop. You'll never get rid of me. By the time you've gotten rid of me, I will have gotten rid of myself. Doesn't have to make sense. Doesn't need to. As always, thank you for listening. I'm going to give you a little something before you head on out. And uh, i see y'all when I see y'all. Cheers. The greatest obstacle to living is expectancy, which hangs upon tomorrow and loses today. You are arranging what lies in fortune's control and abandoning what lies in yours. What are you looking at? To what goal are you straining? The whole future lies in uncertainty. Live immediately. Seneca. See you next time.